With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. David. Kagan. How you doing, buddy? It's I'm good, like, mate. <laughs> we need to only get together when we sign players. That's it, you know. <laughs> that's that's all people want, really, at this point. Also, they want to sign them, but they, they seem to want a combination. <laughs> yeah, that's the only time I get a request. Can you turn up, Gag? <laughs> We've signed a player. We need to get... We need to get um, all optimistic about stuff. And well, I was the most negative about this one because um, I just thought it wasn't going to happen. It just didn't seem like a, a, a move the club would make, which then obviously becomes very nice and surprising, right? Like a positive that they would do this. Um, with reports obviously coming out yesterday with Paul Joyce, I saw some stuff from Chris Williams as well that, you know, we decided to pay out the, the clause. Now, I don't know whether that means they're going to pay it all out or whether they're still speaking to Leipzig about how they're going to structure that. But now that the player today is travelling to Liverpool to have mm. his medical done, which is again reported by Paul Joyce, that's that's very positive, right? That means they've they've struck a, a deal. Whether we pay it up front or we're paying it in um, instalments, no one's going to know, I suppose. But it's going to be, obviously, it's going to be one of the two. But um, either way, very, very positive, Dave. Yeah, hugely positive. I actually think it's a, it's a, a mix of the two. I think the fee that is being paid in, in one lump, but I think we will be paying installments because I don't know if you saw the, the thread that Mo put together the other day about basically using kind of third-party finance where we would basically get an, an alternative party to pay that fee in one lump and then we would pay it back to them over five years. So they would pay the 60 million and we might pay them somewhere in the region of 66 over the five years to pay it back. Now that has to be approved by both the Premier League and by the Bundesliga. So that will have taken time to do, which likely means this deal has been in the works for days before David Ornstein even reported it. Very interesting indeed, and beautiful that nobody had an even an inkling of it. Mm. Um, and you know, sometimes we get even told that things are going on, but nobody, literally nobody knew 
that this was happening. Now, the one thing we can say is that we picked this player on the transfer committee podcast. Yeah. So that that's another win for us, yay! <laughs> um, so can you remember? And I was supposed to listen to Dan, uh, Dan's part to go through some of the stats and stuff because I can't remember. I mean, I just didn't get a chance this morning. It's just been busy here in the hotel. We're we're in um, London at the moment. Guys making his way over as well. We're off to watch Money in the Bank tonight, WWE event, which was tremendous last night. But so that's why I just haven't had the chance to do stuff. Um, and why my sound is like this, folks, because I'm in a hotel room on, on AirPods. I don't have my equipment with me because I did not expect they were able to find anybody, obviously. Um, yeah, crazy, crazy day, crazy 24 hours. But yeah, I'm, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting, Dave. There's a few things that come out of it. I, I don't remember the stats. I wish I, I did, but I just remember Dar gushing over mm. this guy that he has everything from the off-ball to on-ball. Um, again, I'm not a big Bundesliga watcher, but what I have seen, and you know what? He's one of those players that whenever he does something, it appears on social media, right? Yes. It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like when he does something, it's always, oh, this goal from, it's a shame he's at Leipzig, we're never going to buy him now. You know, that was that's always the negative thing that you get. You get, oh, he's at Leipzig, that means he's out of our reach now. And um, that's, I just remember these are the things that when he went from Wolfsburg to Leipzig, everybody was in the, in the, in the, <laughs> everyone is like dooming it. It's like, damn, that's his autobiograph because he'll probably go to someone really big. But it worked, it worked out. I mean, I can't believe it. He's a, he's known for amazing goals, uh, set pieces. He can press, he can pass, he can dribble. Is there anything this boy can't do? Um, he's not a huge ball winner. But he's he's diligent in his defensive work. He's a really good presser, and he'll track runners. He's got a great physical profile. He's six one, well built. He's powerful. He's quick. Like he's really quick, really really quick. Um, there's just there's not a whole lot that he can't do. I've, I've said it a couple of times. Like his ceiling is KDB plus. That's the type of player he is. The worst wow. version of him, the very worst version of Dominic, will be James Madison, who's a really good player. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy, by searching for Anfield Index. So this is a great signing. This is a guy, I mean, I've been banging the drum on him for four years now since he was at mm, Leipzig. Exactly uh, why, yeah. Sh- shout out to John Riha, he, or Jan Riha. He had him about six years ago. He was talking about him six years ago when he was at Leifering in the second division in Austria. And he was talking about him then. So 
Like, this kid has been on the radar for a while. He's still only 22, turns 23 in October. And when you see the productivity year on year and how he's Mm. stepped up through the divisions, because a lot of people, I think, obviously, rightly note that it is a significant step from the Premier League to the Bundesliga, or from the Bundesliga to the Premier League. And we've seen Sancho and Havertz and Naby and Timo Werner have issues with that transition. But just to go through his last five years of, of numbers, so 17-18, he's playing in the second division in Austria for Leifering. 10 goals and 7 assists in 33 games, plays 2,700 minutes, which is really good. In the 18-19 season, he splits that year between the second division with Leifering and the top flight in the uh, in Austria with Salzburg. 29 games, 1,690 minutes, 11 goals, 10 assists across all competitions. 19-20 then, he's establishing himself at Salzburg. He is 12 goals and 18 assists in 40 games, 2,675 minutes. 21-22, he only plays half the year because he gets injured. Plays 22 games, 1,660 minutes, nine goals and 10 assists, including doing well in the Champions League that year, two goals in the group stage and two goals in the qualifiers. His first season in the Bundesliga, He's 45 games, only 2,122 minutes, 10 goals and nine assists. So immediately steps up and performs at a high level. And then last season, 46 games, 3,700 minutes. So a big step back up in his minutes, 10 goals and 13 assists across the Bundesliga, the Champions League and the German Cup. So whatever stage he's been put at, from the Austrian second division to the Austrian Bundesliga to the German Bundesliga, he has stepped up with that and continued to produce at the same level. He's done it in the Europa League. He's done it in the Champions League. This guy is really, really special. He's a better player now than KDB was at 22. There's no doubt about that. At 22, KDB was still something of an uncertainty because it hadn't worked at Chelsea the first go. He was going out on loan to Werder Bremen. He had a good season there, which kind of kick-started him, but he went back to Chelsea that didn't work there again the second time. Dominic has worked everywhere he's been. And then, you know, you look at what he's done at international level, 32 games, seven goals, international captain already at 22, carried them, like carried them on his back to the Euros, ended up missing the Euros because he got the abductor injury, but that's the only injury he's had in his career that's anything of no, ending over more than like two games, so not something we need to worry about but, I mean, this guy just steps up, the pressure doesn't bother him, he seems to thrive on it, and the higher the level, the higher the competition the better he seems to get Six foot one, you know good height, that's what Mm. we need we need, we want tall players, that's what club's looking for I mean I've just sent you a, a tweet um, on WhatsApp, mate, because you just said something about Bowen and that. It's just obviously stats-wise and probably not on the eye, but um, David Charles here uh, pointing out uh, having a quad kind of chart where the top right quadrant is, is, is classed as ball winner. 
lots of interceptions, lots of tackles run, and and Sabozla is really positioned very well yeah, in that. Yeah, uh, so 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 that that you know, even to the to with the numbers, maybe not to the scout, but to the numbers, it sounds like he does he does do that, which is again pretty much everything then, Dave. <laughs> Yeah, 17 interceptions, winning winning 40% of his tackles. You'd like that to tick up. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the thing is, he's a really intelligent player. And because he presses so much, he causes mm. panic among yeah. defensive players who maybe aren't as comfortable on the ball. He blocks off passing lanes really well, which is something we do lack at the moment. Now, both him and Alexis excel at both pressing and blocking passing lanes. And they pick up a lot of interceptions that way. So, I mean, again, it just it helps us kind of get back to what we were great at, which was taking the ball off teams high up the pitch. But then he also fits perfectly into this new shape and style of play that we've got going. So he he is he like Alexis, because obviously people have said there's a lot of statistical similarities between Alexis and Ginny. So with both of them able to be both, you know, persistent turnover machines, like taking the ball off the opponents and then having that elite quality, we're bridging a gap nicely between the the functional midfield and this new midfield, which will be expected to be more creative and, and add significant numbers of goals to the team. So I'm reading on speeds db.com i don't know how good this is but dominic Stolobza. how do so boss life so boss life the boss life right so boss life <laughs> so 33.21 kilometers an hour i don't know how good that is what's darwin nunez's top speed darwin's 36 i think yeah so it's not bad is it it's not bad at all especially for a midfielder yeah 36.5 darwin wow 38 uh in that same like the same database Holy shit. Uh, I'm, I'm intrigued now because I want to know what um, McAllister is. Hello. I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable, they're every week after the Premier League match week so make sure you listen to everything we're doing on epl index and follow us there on twitter at epl index thank you bye-bye i'd say alexis is is a bit slower i'd say it's probably like 31 somewhere in that kind of range okay so he's faster well there's not even a there's not even a a speed for him (laughs) but fair enough I, i what it is is what you're saying is he's much faster and that's what we need in midfield, man. We 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 we've just had a bunch of guys that just can't run yeah. for too long, for too long. And when what you know, obviously we Anfield index sources have heard that you know Kefren would be the next one on the list. Um, 
obviously that's going to be an interesting one if that does happen over the, you know, over, uh, what is it, next, not this weekend, it's going to be the next weekend when the tournament ends, right? When the Euros are over, yeah. So maybe in the next 10 days, there'll be another signing. I mean, that's going to be a bit late, really, for pre-season, but hey. He's not going to feature in pre-season anyway, though, guys, because he's going to, well, he'll miss the first few weeks because he's going to have to be given some time off after these Euros. For sure. It does look likely that Kefren will arrive. And we've also had Jacob Tamswell, who's the Athletics Southampton reporter, who's very, very good at his job, saying that he thinks Romeo Lavia will join Liverpool because of the work that Klopp and the background team have done on him. He says that's probably the most likely destination. So I wouldn't be surprised if we got all four of them. Dominic Alexis, Kefren and Lavia. Let's talk about the that because I've had I've been having some some worries myself. Now, obviously, it's a lot of outlay going on at the moment. So if we're going to get Catherine Lavia and a defender, which which by the way, there's loads of rumours to no concrete info. I think there was some info about us wanting um, Van der Ven, but that's fallen down the wayside, and Spurs mm-hmm. are favourites for that now. So. We're still after a defender, but then if we're saying two more midfielders, something's got to give, right? Because that, how much would that take to spend to? I mean, it's a hundred million now. Well, it's, it's it's ninety five now between Dominic and mm-hmm. and Alexis, which Kefren would be forty five ish, I think. Right? I'd say I'd say more, probably more forty, like because okay. So if you go forty, that's one hundred thirty five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, one hundred thirty five. Probably 50, so that's 185. And a defender would be 50, 60 as well, I think. Yeah, but we have players to sell. I mean, we could sell Kelleher. But he's, you see, that's the other interesting part. Logic would say all of the big goalkeeper positions are being taken up. There's two, there's there's three remaining. Which ones? Sheffield United. Mm, Would he want to go there? Why wouldn't he? It's Premier League football. Why wouldn't he go there? Like in what, mm. what position is he in to turn his nose up at anything? True. Um, Burnley, who yeah, that's, tried to, that's possible. Tried to sign for Bruggen, so they're they're looking for a goalkeeper actively, and Nottingham Forest because yeah, because United are fucked. Yeah, so United need to keep Dean Henderson for the moment, and he's got, they he's can't afford to sell. Okay, right. So that clears my mind up on the keeper situation. So Kelleher could go. Does he count as a foreigner spot or a homegrown? Homegrown. Jadan. Okay, so yeah. But but we can we can replace him fairly easily. So a dif- yeah, and a there's young there. there's young goalkeepers out there. There's Patterson at um at Sunderland, there's Griffiths at West Brom, there's Etienne Green from St. Etienne. I don't know if he counts as homegrown, but he is he was born in England and he plays for the England under-21 team. I just don't know if he counts as homegrown. But will they cost the same amount? as? No, they cost significantly less. Okay, so then it's worth it because that's when you get the... That's when you're going to get it like, you know... Um... Joseph Bursic is another one to keep an eye on. He went to Club Bruges in January. It hasn't really worked. He's been Mignolet's backup. He came through at Stoke. He's a really talented keeper. The move to Club Bruges was a, a bad idea by Scott Parker when he was manager there. Um... I think he could be had for probably around six, seven million. And if we could get, say, 16, 17, 18 for Kelleher, 
there's a 10 million profit. I think Nat Phillips will go. I think we'll probably get 8 million for him. That's another homegrown slot gone, right? Yeah, but we have a replacement for him already in Seb Vandenberg. And he's homegrown, is he? He's homegrown because we signed him. He's had more than three years in our system right before this season so he's fine we should keep him yeah we should keep we him we should keep Seth and then the other one to sell would be Costas the obvious one to sell would be Costas but you could sell Costas and Joel Matip because if you're signing a centre back and Robbo's still going to play a fair amount that left footed centre back could be the replacement for both Costas and Matip and then yeah. the other obvious one to go unfortunately is Thiago yeah. Because we saw so many left on his yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah. He's always injured. He's a wonderful player. I, 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 I love, love Thiago. I love him. Yeah, I love him. But we need to stop giving away players for free. So How we should be bring, actively yeah? looking to sell. Um, I, Thiago, you're probably looking to sell him to Saudi Arabia, being truthful. Yeah. So that's yeah. probably 20, 25 million. Yeah, I get that. What about Costas? Costas, I think, would have decent. Interest from around Europe. I know for a fact that Benfica have been looking at him. I don't. I don't know for a fact. I've I've spoken to well placed people that have said Benfica have looked at him. So that's probably mm-hmm. another. I don't know, fifteen, eighteen, yeah. twenty. You probably get a yeah. decent price. He's the Greek international fullback. He's a good player. Well, he's done well for us. When he, he has done well, let's say we get twenty million for him. That's forty-five. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nat's probably eight. Cap. That's fifty-three. Yeah. Joel, I think Joel's an interesting one. Would he go to Saudi? If he go to Saudi, you would get fifteen million for. Him. If he no, wouldn't, he you're probably. Yeah. If he if he wants to go to Germany, you're probably looking at less. I don't know. I don't know if he'd turn down Saudi. Just like. It's easy to say, oh, I wouldn't go there until someone offers you, oh, no, you know, yeah. we, 20 million a year to go and do exactly, it. Exactly. exactly. Um, like, look at Bobby, you know. Um, yeah, Bobby's gone. So, say, let's say we get 10 for Matip. There's, what, 63, and then Kelleher. I mean, that could bring it to 80. Minus, say, 6 to 8 to bring in a goalkeeper. It, it probably leaves... Let's just say it's, it's, it's about 70 million. We'd have about 70 million from sales after bringing in a goalkeeper. It's not bad. No. Not bad at all. And like, the thing is, it's not like we're spending all of this money in one go. Like, these will be structured over years of, of payments. And for FSG, like, Klopp can say to them, look, just back me this summer, spend it this summer, next summer, we'll go back to being, we can only spend what we sell. Because next summer we can sell Joe Gomez, probably sell Carvalho, maybe there's one other, Fabinho, who might go, and we'll just spend that money to improve the squad then. It might just be the Klopp and and Jorg and uh, Will Spearman have sat down with somebody from the ownership, likely Mike Gordon, and said, look, this is the one summer where these players are available to us. And Alexis is 24. Dominic is 22. Turam is 22. Lavia is 19. Mm. And that centre-back will be somewhere between 19, 19 and 22. 
Like, so the next, next, next and, 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 Ki, and Ibu's like 22, 23, right? Ibu's, so, I think, 23, 24. You've so got Trent is 24. Is Darwin's yeah. 24, 25. Same thing goes for Cody and Diaz. Like, they're all early the to mid-20s. Gen. The next gen, yeah. And, and we've got Curtis, and we've got Besetich. So, you know, we've got, and we've got Harvey. Now, it remains to see what will happen with him long-term, but you've got this now strong core group of players. After this, you're not really going to have to go and do anything massive until no. you have to replace Mo or Virgil. Now, yeah. next summer, Mo might leave. Virgil might leave. You don't know. We hope that they don't, obviously. But Well, no, I think next year, Mo to Saudi looks like a dead-on deal for me. I mean, it just looks like it's, it's got to happen, you know? I mean, it's perfect for him. If that makes sense, um, it's perfect for their league from the player perspective. You know, a Muslim player going to Saudi Arabia and also not just a Muslim, the, but like yeah, the but biggest like the Arab best, star. Like exactly, that's what I mean. The best in the the best player, you know, from 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 Africa or, or Arab, you know, Arab origin, let's say, type player. I mean, that's incredible. And and like you wouldn't you wouldn't like. People, I know, look look down on stuff like that and all this, but for him, it'd be fine. You know, I honestly it just it, I it, it it feels different for you know where he's from and what his country to go to go and play there. If that makes if that makes sense, like it fits perfectly for him. Um, you know, other players and what it, what it, what not, and you know, if Gerard went there, I would have been disappointed. He's going. Oh, he's, Ger- is he going Ger- again? Yeah, two year contract. Right. So I. Really, I thought he didn't. He, he declined it. He did originally. They've uh, they've come back to him. It looks okay. like he's going this time, and Robbie Fowler's going as well. Well, so I know Robbie's going, but Robbie's is different anyway because I I actually know for a fact that Robbie's not getting paid. No, no Robbie's not getting huge money. Robbie no, Robbie's so, going to try and further his career. Yeah. So so for but, for people having a go at Robbie, by the way, you need to calm the shit down because he's looking for like managerial work and he's hmm. not getting it in the UK. And he's only getting it in Asian countries or this, you know, or the yeah. outside of it. But he's not getting millions and millions. So he's not selling his soul, like folks are saying. So now I'm, I, I, like, Gerard, I'm going to call him out. He's going to get paid millions of bucks, right? And, and that's fine. But I, and I, and I wonder why the hell is it? But Robbie's a different story. So yeah, I, I agree with that. I think a little bit back on Robbie because it's, you know, people are looking for work and people are looking to further their careers. They don't want to sit idle. So you don't blame them for things like that. It, it, Gerard has the pick of championship clubs, lower Premier League clubs. Does he European... though? No, but does I, he though? Like... I don't think he does. Well, I Leeds genuinely... wanted him. I... No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Leeds wanted Daniel Farke. Gerard was never in the run for that. Phil really? Hay confirmed. Yeah, Phil Hay confirmed that. Daniel Farke has okay. been the, the number one choice all along. They were trying to do a deal for Daniel Farke and Stuart Webber, the, the Norwich... Duo. Well, if Gerard's not getting any work well, either, the, then I don't blame him either. The thing is, Gerard could have got work if he was yes. willing to go down to League One. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. 
My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes, and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Right. Stevie's, Stevie wouldn't accept a League One job. Right. But there was a couple of League One teams, including one whose owner has been on our one of our podcasts before who were looking at Stevie. So he could have gotten a job in those lower leagues, but he didn't want to. And that's fine. I get it. But you know what? Yeah. The thing he is... Probably, probably doesn't get paid as well. But the, the thing is, Gags, right? It's all well and good people saying, oh, they're gone for the money, yada, yada, yada. If If anybody like let's just say let's just say your job right you work in kind of computer security and Hmm. programming and and development things like that right now obviously i don't know how much you earn if someone offered you seven times the amount of money you currently earn to work not nearly as hard in an easier job not only would you take it your wife would have you on the first plane going over there because that is setting your family up long term. And, and I understand that Gerard and all these players have enough money. But it doesn't change the fact that this is the opportunity at, at not only life-changing money for yourself and your kids, but their kids and their kids and their kids and et cetera, and et cetera. And especially when I see, you know, like Sadio's currently been linked to the move over there. If Sadio went there, most of that money Sadio makes would continue to go back into his foundation. So it's for some of the players that are making these moves, it's not just changing their families, it's changing where they're from. They will invest that money back into the communities that that help mold them into the human beings they are today. So I don't criticize anybody for going there and getting the money. I'd be much more critical of say Robbie Keane going to Israel which is an apartheid state but I don't see anyone talk about that I see people wanting to immediately slap down the Saudis and admittedly the Saudi regime is a horror show but so is the Israeli regime and even Jewish people such as Justin will tell you that the regime in Israel is disgusting so you know, there needs to be at least a two-way street on this. Yes, you can criticise Gerard and whoever if you want, <clears throat> but you have to criticise Robbie Keane as well. You have to. Yeah, I get it, mate. And, and like like I said, I don't want to go too deep in these things. It makes sense. Like that, I, I think I don't want to judge people for... No, look, and that's it, each to their own. Like I said, if you're if you're getting offered life-changing money... I would do it, man. I'm sorry. I would so would I. Going, you know, so I would just... I. Like, if the Saudi Pro League decides to start some podcasts 
and decides that what they need is an overly opinionated Irish fucker, I'm sorry, but I will be handing in my resignation to Anfield Index Boston. and heading my ass off to Saudi. <laughs> um, oh, dear. You know, there's a, there's a back to bring it back to Dominic, which is what the purpose of this was. Um, he did spend a year at MTK Budapest, who are a club that we have history with. So over the years, we have had some Hungarian players at our club, players like Christian Nemeth, Andres Simon, Christian Adorjan, Peter Gulaxi, Istvan Kozma, and obviously the infamous Adam Bogdan. None of them were very good. Uh, it would be fair to say that Gulaxi is the only one that's gone on and had um, a good career at the highest level. But Nemeth did pretty well in, in MLS for a couple of spells. But Nemeth, Simon, and Adorjan, and I'm almost certain Galaxy, all came to us from MTK Budapest. We had, yes, he did indeed. We had an agreement with MTK Budapest as they were going to be a feeder club for us. Mm. Now, unfortunately, it didn't work out the way we had hoped, but that deal was ended by I want to say it was Michael Edwards in about (laughs) 2014 and then obviously a year or so later Dominic strolls into their academy so if we kept that deal going we might have gotten this kid back in like 2016 for nothing Um, but he might not be the player that he is today so look in terms of signings to get him and Alexis, those two are perfectly suited to playing together. Their skill sets will really complement each other because Alexis is one who lets the ball do the work, who manipulates defences with movement, with intelligence, with subtlety. And Dominic then is that more voracious creative force that real powerhouse bursting from midfield. Really and truly, this is Ilke Gundogan in terms of Alexis and KDB in terms of Dominic. Dominic. That Those are the same type of skill sets. And we've seen over the last six or seven years at City how devastating those two were together. And I'd argue that the two boys we're getting are better at the ages they are now than the City pair were at the same ages. So I I love this signing. I've wanted us to sign him for years in terms of set-piece delivery, open-play delivery, defence-splitting passes, his long-range shooting. I mean, there's some guys that, you know, will score long-range goals. And then there's guys who... When you see them strike a ball, you have to watch the second time. You watch Dominic strike a ball off either foot. And that's the thing. This guy can do most things with both feet. He's a little bit KDB meets Michael Balak in that regard. Oh, Balak was God. incredibly no, he's two-footed. Deft, he's got this deft touch on his, on the way he strikes a ball. Like he can, he can smash it, but he can, he can whip it. He, he can, can then float it. it. Exactly. Oh, like, God. he like, literally like has the whole range. Does. Yeah, he's got this. Like, I was just watching loads and loads of clips of him. And, like, 
the the variety of touches he has mm. in the box. You know, for how he shoots, like a lot of them are top top you know, top bins, like right in the top corner finishes. And then, you know, some of them are like like, oh, a touch here, but it's perfectly placed and I don't know how to describe, but he can feather touch it, but he can smash it. It's like um like I think you covered it, he can do pretty much everything. Yeah. And I'm so excited to and the, the ball, on ball still there's, there's times where and one two's outside the box and running in I I thought something and you're probably gonna shoot me down because he's not doesn't play the same position as this player. But trickery wise, he reminded me of Luis Suarez and you're probably gonna shoot me down but No, no, I, I agree with that because Dominic is the type of player that he reacts to situations. So when when he has the ball, he's not he's waiting for the defender to make his move and then he'll react to that and he'll force him yeah. into a mistake. And Suarez was the same. You'd often see Suarez when he dribble at a defender, like he he might drop a shoulder, but he's not intending to go that way. He's waiting for the defender to bite on something. And then once that defender bites on it, he's gone the other way. And he'll react to whatever way the defender comes at him. He'll go the best way around him. And Dominic does the same thing. But he does it in other ways as well. You'll often see Dominic pick the ball up 25 yards outside the box. And you'll see, you'll be looking at it and you'll see what looks like an obvious pass. And he'll put his foot on the ball. And he'll wait to the for the defence to react to that obvious pass because what that will do then is it'll open up the pass he actually wants because if, say, like, let's say the left back is at a position and there's a ball to the right winger but what he wants is the ball to the centre forward well, when the left-sided centre back realises, oh shit, the winger's open and steps out, the other centre back will naturally move with him and it might only be a half yard but that's all he needs and he'll put that pass into the centre forward and now the centre forward is shooting 12, 15 yards out right in front of goal rather than the winger having to shoot on an angle with players closing him down. Like, he will wait for the defence to do something and then he'll react to it and he'll get what he wants. This guy, this guy is super intelligent, like super intelligent. And you can tell he's super driven as well. And what I've, I've said this, this before in a couple of daily reds, what, what I really like about this is he's picked us because he could have gone elsewhere. He could, he could be a Newcastle player. The reason they went for Tonali is because he turned them down. He could have gone pretty much anywhere he wanted, but he wanted Klopp. And not just Klopp, he wanted Liverpool. You go back and watch that video clip of him and Haaland when Salzburg drew Liverpool in the Champions League. And they are like giddy little kids on Christmas Eve. This is the best thing that could have happened to them. They're talking about Liverpool. They're talking about Anfield. There's another clip when they're walking out at Anfield and Zabozlai's eyes are wide and he's just looking around, taking it all in. The stadium's empty at this point. This is early in the day when they've come for a little kickabout to get used to the pitch. In the way they have that kind of warm-up session earlier in the day. And he's just like standing in awe, taking the whole place in. Like he understands what this club is. He understands the history of 
who we are and what we're about. And he wants to win. And the other thing about him is he is a big game player, a proper big game player. Mate, he just gives us something we've been missing. Like, we can't keep relying on Trent and Robbo for every set piece. It doesn't exactly. work. I'm sorry. And, like, this is a guy who's got the talent. Even Alexis, to be honest, can do a bit. And, like, so we need players that can come in and give it a bit of variety so that the so that club can't just know what's going to happen with Robbo and Trent. That's the problem. They know exactly what's going to happen, what's going to come in. And they can set themselves up mm. for repetitive drills and when you when when you defend something again and again and again it gets easy to do but if you're doing something different every single time you're going to likely slip up somewhere as a defensive unit or there's more chance for of, of it happening for your opponent to slip up so we need variety and this these two signings on a, on their own bring so much variety to the first yeah. 11 it's incredible and they are both straight into the first 11 oh absolutely That's the other beauty i'm like you know, you think of it, number six. How often have we seen, like as you mentioned, the 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 two main crossers in the team were were Trent and Robble. What was our third crossing option? Hendo. It was that ball back to Henderson and that stupid clipped blind cross. We wouldn't even look at where it was going, and he just launched it towards the back post. Now that ball is coming back to this fella, so that ball is being measured into the box. So it does, it creates a whole new avenue for us. I'll be honest, Gags, if I was Darwin Nunes, I'm having a party tonight. I'm inviting everybody because I'm scoring 40 next season. Because I don't just have Trent. I don't just have Mo, who remembers one of the most creative players in the league. Now I've got Alexis McAllister and this guy. Yeah, he's going to have like 30 shots a game and score. Yeah, oh, yeah that's a... he is. He's, <laughs> he's going to score ludicrous amounts. And these moves, <laughs> these moves for these two, they do indicate that Darwin is probably the number nine next season. Now, I think Cody's going to play a lot and he probably might even play more than Darwin. But I think Cody will play multiple positions. I think Darwin's going to play more games as the nine than anybody else. And, like, these are all, these are elite-level creators. We've got four elite-level creative players now in in Mo, Trent, Dominic, and Alexis. Now, Alexis's creative numbers don't jump off the page to you, but when you watch him play, yeah, you realise how many hockey assists, and how many assists are simply... Him playing a wall pass and dragging two defenders in the wrong direction, and all of a sudden there's a big gap for, let's say, Pascal Grouse to run into and feed Solly March, and he shoots or he squares it for Evan Ferguson. That all comes from Alexis, and Alexis is is going to be, I think, the key to so much of this next year because his ability to not take too much out of the ball to always know when to release, where to release, how to release. That is going to open up so much for Mo and uh, for, for Mo Trent and, and Dominic because he'll obviously be on the left and they'll all be kind of on the right. And he'll be able to shift the defence towards him, free them back into space and all of a sudden things open up. And then you've got Darwin plus Diaz coming into back post or maybe Gakbo playing some left wing or Jota playing left wing. We're going to have a ton of options. Like, 
Dominic and Alexis behind Mo, Darwin and Diaz with potentially Kefren Turam, Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott, Mate, Cody Gakbo and Jota. That's 10 players Mate, for those incredible. five roles. It's incredible. That's, it's outrageous. It's because now you can literally go for Europa, like full full full. Yeah. Like yeah. literally like switch the team out and like the defenders can just chill and <laughs> just just switch the team out completely and go yeah, for ha- it. Have, you know, have two separate By the way, teams. Gomez can play left back. Joe, Joe Gomez, Gomez could definitely play. Joe Gomez could play left side of the back three. Yeah, and you I, know, like I, as, a, as, a, as a backup. Like, I'd, li- I'd actually like to see it, but like let's say we do get Let's say we do get Turam Lavia and a centre back, right? So you've got that front five mm-hmm. and that backup front five. Mm-hmm. Then you've got in your two midfield spots, Trent and probably still Fabinho, because I do think he'll still be the first choice there next year. But then you've got Besetic and Lavia as the backups. Plus you've got Henderson who can play as the defensive midfielder in some games. And then you're starting back three is Kanate, Virgil, and let's just say it's Gincalo and Ascio's the one we get from Sporting. Let's just say he's the one we go and get. That's your starting back three. And then you've got Matip, Gomez, and Robertson as the backup. Like, that's still really good. Like, that's a really good team. If, if we're going into Europa League games, with, let's just say Kelleher doesn't get sold, right? Let's just say it's him, just for argument's sake. Kelleher, Matip, Gomez, Robertson, Besetic, Lavia, Turam, Jones, Elliot, Gakpo, Jota. That team is running through the group stage completely untouched. They're winning five out of six and drawing the other. And none of our first choice 11 are having to play. So their legs have been saved. That's also your lineup for the League Cup games. Yeah. We and have like to this, because we're playing Sundays at two, four o'clock every week. Exactly. So you're gonna play you're gonna be playing Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. But that's fine if you've got one team that plays the Thursday nights and another team that plays the Sundays, because that's what Arsenal did for the most part last year. And look at the run they went on the first half of the season. They took fifty points from their first nineteen games. Fifty. Yeah. They're not even that good. They took 50 because they were able to keep everybody fresh and continually pick the same team week after week after week. The only doubt or worry in my mind is that Klopp does a silly thing and over and continually picks a certain player who shouldn't be playing really much of anything at all next season. But aside from that, if we can, if we can pull this off, then all we'd, all we'd need to do next summer is potentially get one more midfielder in as a backup to Lavia with Fabinho going, replace Gomez and Matip, and we're good. Like, we're good again to go the next season. What if we went to Southampton and got both their players? Because we have been linked to Lavia and Bella Kotchup. Yeah. We'd need... So Lavia Lavia will count as home, or one counts ending next year, 2019. No, and then he will become homegrown once he hits the the, the right age. Mm-hmm, two years. But the problem is, after Dominic, there's only one spot left for a non-homegrown player. So my assumption is that's taken by Kefren Turam. 
then to get Bella Kotchip in as a right-sided centre-back, Matip would need to leave. And then to get your left-sided one in Ashley or whoever, Costas would need to leave. Now, I'm more than good with all of that. I think Matip should be sold. I think Costas should be sold. And like I said, I think Thiago should be sold as well because I'm sick of us losing players for free. I'm sick of us not maximising the value of what we have in order to put it back into the team. So I'd happily, like, I'll I'll happily see Joel, Joel Matip go, see see any of them go, really. I'm, I'm not, like, I, I wrote a piece on this, uh, on, this on AnfieldIndex.com during the week about, you know, the, the worst departures. And the last one that really got me was Suarez. And since then, I've just sort of become immune to players leaving because they just, they do leave. Football a, is a transitional business, you know. Players are here, then they're gone somewhere else. They're Dude, I was like, I, I've enjoyed all of the Firmino content, right? But I'll be honest, and maybe this makes me sound like fucking heartless bastard, but I wasn't like destroyed by it. I, I was, it was sad, but it wasn't like Suarez. It wasn't like Gerard. Didn't feel like that for me. I don't know why, but Mo will for some reason. Virgil would. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Bobby. Bobby deserves as much praise as them all. Uh, them as well. He does, but Bobby hasn't been. Bobby. Bobby wasn't particularly probably, good it's for his probably last because he three he, years at Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's probably why. Because we kind of knew it was time to go, right? Yeah, that's the thing. And like. The other thing with Bobby is as well, like, Bobby been here a long time. Bobby arrived in the summer 2015. Bobby was here before Klopp was here. So, I don't know, it just, it felt like we'd gotten every single bit we could have gotten out of Bobby. And look, Bobby was great for us, but if you're picking an all-time Liverpool team, Alisson, Virgil and Mo are in that team. Bobby isn't. And he's, he's not close. Like, we've had significantly better strikers than Bobby in the recent past. We had Suarez, we had Torres, we had Owen, we had Fowler, we had Rush, you know, we had Aldridge, even though he was only here for a short time, like as a goal scorer, he was outrageous. So we've always had great strikers, but Mo is so unique and so different. We watched a lot of shit centre-backs play for Liverpool for a long time. So, you know, when Bobby came in, we, we were used to having great strikers. We'd always had great strikers. When Virgil came in, we were used to having shit defenders. So it was, not only was he great, but he was this massive relief of no more Lovren, no more Skirtle, no more Kyriakos, no, no more Neil Ruddock and Torben Picnic and Phil Babb and all of the rest of the dreck that w- me and you have had to watch as kids of the 80s who watched heavily in the 90s. We saw some really bad players, but we always had great strikers. We did. Anyway, mate, I mean, we've got a few minutes left, but so excited already about next season. So, mm. so excited. I suppose going in, the questions that people are asking, who's the sixth, right? Because Thuram isn't a sixth. Isn't no. a sixth. So if Karam does come in next week um, and say, okay, if Lavia comes in, he's a, he's a sixth option, right? Yes. 
Lavia is the long-term six if he arrives. Um, Turam, I mean, look, you, you could, if you really wanted to, you could go on a two-year project of trying to convert Kefren Turam into a six. But you'd be taking away his best attribute, which is his ball carrying. Kefren is sort of, he's like the one where you've got a starting midfield four and he's the fifth one and you can put him in for anybody in that shape and he'll he'll make it work. He'll figure out a way to be productive. He's only 22 as well, remember. And like Dominic will turn 23 in October. So Kefren's about eight months younger than, than Dominic. But Dominic's been playing longer than Kefren. You know, he's been playing first team football since he was 17 um, and he's just more developed because the development isn't linear not every 22 year old player is at the same same stage of their development and Kefren's com- coming out of a weird club at Nice where development isn't really prioritised Dominic is coming out of the Red Bull system which is all about player development like they spend so much money on player development, it's ridiculous. They have basically a development coach for every four or five players. Most clubs have one for every 20 players. So they're way ahead of the curve because it's just their whole thing. They scout well, they recruit well, they develop well, and they sell well. That is what they do. This summer, they're looking at selling Nkunku, Zabozlai, and Gvardiol. They paid in and around... 40 million for the three of them. And by the time they've sold them, they're going to have probably made about 150, 160 million in profit. Like that's what Leipzig do. That's their whole model. It's not really what Nice do. Nice have not been very well run under Jim Radcliffe. But I think Turam is, is sort of your, you know, utility midfielder in case of emergency break glass type of guy who can play with any of them. He can play the left-sided role instead of Alexis, play the right-sided role instead of Dominic. He could play in the double pivot. If you wanted to play uh, as flat midfield three and move Dominic or Alexis into the front three, you could play the other one plus Kefren plus a defensive midfielder. So you're getting someone that can just tick an awful lot of boxes across the way. So I'm really hopeful. We, we've done everything on that deal. It's literally just a medical and, you know, crossing T's and dot I's, that deal can be done easy. I really hope we don't walk away from it. But I also really want Lavia because 19-year-old elite defensive midfielders don't come along very often. This guy is the second best player born in 2004 after Gavi. He's the best defensive midfielder in the world under the age of 21. He's really good on the ball. He's a very good ball winner. He's... He's the ideal one to play with Trent and any other two in midfield. And like Curtis will play a lot, Bissetich will play a lot. It's a squad game. The point here this summer is to start moving away from Jordan Henderson. The old school. Yeah, yeah Henderson and Fabinho. Yeah. Like yeah. I think Thiago could go this summer and the I other two so could too. go next summer. I think it makes sense to get 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 Thiago to go this summer. He's not going to get many games. To be he's not. That's the thing. Like where 
Like people keep saying, oh, Thiago's the best. He, yeah, he's the most talented midfielder at the club. When he's fit, he's the best midfielder at the club. But we're not buying Alexis to be a sub. So Alexis is going to start. Dominic is going to start. Trent is going to start. Thiago's not a defensive midfielder. So against some of the crap teams, you could play him there. But you're not going to be getting the best of him. And he's going to get injured. Because what's he going to do? He's going to go around like he's David fucking Batty. And he's going to boot people up in the air and he's going to hurt himself because that's what he does. Now, I would look, I would rather sell Henderson. I'd much rather sell Henderson and keep Thiago, but no one wants to buy Henderson. He is Jurgen Klopp's best friend, apparently. And Thiago doesn't have that kind of connection. So it just makes sense to get him gone. You know? Yeah. And it's as sad as it is. Love him, but it's probably the right time. He doesn't play enough. We need younger players in. Fab and Hendo probably do get more minutes in if they're needed, you know, especially even in, in Europa, dude. They're not bad for Europa at the end of the day. Um, we need the first team to, to rotate into Premier League games, right? Because we need to be as high as possible. So they'll do a job in, in, in Europa and, and other cup games. I've got no problem with them playing. And there's loads of games, so many games. You double your games in a season just with... Like Europa adds more games in than Champions League does. So, I mean, if you go all the way, that is. So it's just going to be an incredible amount of football coming up this season for us. Mm. We, You know, and I think we'll only have one player going to the African nations as well, which is much better than what we normally have, if that makes sense. So, um, you know, we used to lose three, didn't we? Yeah, it'll, it'll only be Mo this time. And, it'll only be and that's the other time. thing with Dominic, is that Dominic can play right wing. Yeah, now, exactly. he won't play it the way Mo plays it, but he can Off play right way. wing, so we'll still get a, pr- a really productive, really good player. Or, as I said earlier, Harvey Elliott. I mean, let's be honest, he's not good enough in midfield. He is not Doak. anywhere near good yeah. enough in midfield, but Harvey and Ben Doak and maybe Cade Gordon and Dominic and Jota could play there and Diaz could play there. Like, we'll have options this year, which we never had in the past. Darwin will get more games, man. If Mo's away, Darwin, we need the pace up top. So there's plenty of players. There's plenty of players players. Loads of players. players, And we used to miss the pace when when Mane and Mo you know used to used to go. We've missed that pace up top. Now we're gonna have have Diaz, Darwin, you know. Jota's relatively quick. Yeah, no, but Jota's just the the gold. He just gets you gold. And like Gakpo's not slow, man. Once he's got ball at his feet, that guy can go. That's the thing. I I really but like go. if Mo is out, you can move Cody into the Dominic role if you want. If you still want a creative player in there and play Dominic on the right. So you're not changing how the team functions all that much. So we will. Like if we can get get let's fingers crossed, get this one across the line. It should be done over the weekend. Then get Kefren squared away. Mm. And then get Lavia and the centre back in. Like we are We'll be in a situation where, for the next few years, the only things we'll really need to do is replace Fabinho in the squad, replace Matip, and replace Gomez. They're backup players. Our first 11 will be set. It, the only question marks over it will be Mo or Virgil. And it will just depend on what they want from life. Do they want to stay at Liverpool? Do they want to carry on? You know, is is the Champions League and for Mo, well, goal, Mo, Mo goal could record Liverpool? Mo could fund his own replacement. <laughs> that's how, well, that's the thing. 
that's how big if we get a, is. If, if Mo goes to Saudi, we'll get 100 million from even with a year left in his contract. Exactly. It's just, it's just the value and the name power of him on that side of the world is oh, worth its weight in gold, man. So that's what I mean. It, 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 we've got a gold mine there to, to go and get another beautiful player on the right side of our, you know, you know right winger next season if we wanted to. So, and, and the thing is, we won't need to be buying an out-and-out goal scorer because we've added more goals to the team. Darwin's much more of a goal threat than Bobby was. Zabozlai is a much bigger goal threat than Jordan Henderson was. Alexis is a bigger threat than, uh, than yeah. Jenny was. So, yeah, we are. We're evolving and we'll become... The goals will be shared. Sam McGuire talked about this two years ago, maybe, about replacing Mo in the aggregate. Yeah. So that's basically what we've done. and But we still have Mo, so we're still getting what he offers and more from the rest. So if he does go, you could look at maybe more of a Michael Elise type of creative player rather than an out-and-out goal scorer. And can you just imagine for one second if we had Trent, Zabozlai and Elise in those three places, the creativity from those three would be disgusting. The rest of the league might as well give up. But yeah, I mean, look, this is this is a super exciting signing. And if if we can do the rest of what we need to do, and I don't see why we couldn't. Like, the thing is, I'm fairly certain the money is there for Turam, Lavia and a centre-back. Wow. I, I think the, believe it, but, but, but I mean, here's we, the thing. We talked about it, yeah, but... Here's the thing. The centre-back whose name is doing the rounds is Levi Colwell. Yeah. He's, he's going to be very expensive. I don't think we'll get him. But so if we got a... So rather than spending 70 million on him or 60 million on him, if we spent... 30 35 on Anasio or Hincapier, well, then that leaves the rest to go and get a midfielder. If you sell Thiago, then the Thiago money plus what's left over gets you Romeo Lavia and your centre back and Kevin Turner. I think the money's there to do it. I really do. Well, plus, the thing I'm- with Klopp is, I think he's all in for this summer because this is probably the last chance he's going to have to spend big money yeah. under these owners because yeah. his contract's up in three years. If they do it this summer, next summer it'll be sell to buy. The following summer it's sell to buy. And the summer after that, he's off. So I reckon he's going to push the boat as far as he can this summer. Well, let's get together again because Dave, as you know, I'm in London and I need to get my ass over to the O2 now Yes, uh, to watch Money in the Bank later on, but meet up with the lads and spend some time with them as well. Yeah. But <laughs> but yeah, I, I need to uh, I need to go I need to go and um, great to take an hour out and spend this time with you and talk about so boss lie um, so boss and that's what the name of the pod is and midfield so boss lie <laughs> the easiest way to tell people how to how to pronounce it but yeah um, very excited about this signing very excited about the next few weeks what we can what else we can bring in because I think Klopp wants them in as soon as as soon as possible before pre-season. But it looks like he's actually been a bit more patient this year. And, you know, everything he said, actually, in that last press conference of the season, that we might have to wait until July to bring the players in, it's all coming to fruition. So, for, for once, he did say, tell the truth, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> he did. Yeah, to be fair. Right, but, bro, okay. well, I, will, I will let you go. You go and enjoy your your weekend. Tell the yes. boys I all said hello, I said hello to all of them. We'll do, um, and we'll share some more videos for you in the in that wrestling chat. In do indeed, do indeed. Radio bud, have a good one. Catch Talk you all soon. later.
Thank you. Bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.